Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Ephesians chapter 6 and start in verse 10. Holy Spirit, thank you for this time together. We're so glad that we can gather in this warehouse publicly and hear from you and experience your presence and provision in our lives. Father, we thank you for the testimonies of healing that we have received. We thank you for the testimonies of provision and leadership and guidance and direction that we've received. And Father, we thank you for being the provider of this highway family. All those who are joining us here in the warehouse and those who are part of this family through the internet, we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. And we we open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit, and we give you full right of way to transform us now. In Jesus' name, amen. I got to hear some testimonies before service of the healings. We prayed for healing uh, last Sunday and and also heard a testimony of someone we prayed for uh, back in before the summertime and uh, someone brought me their report and they can't find a trace of cancer in this person. Not a trace of cancer. And they're not going to either. No, they're not going to. They're not going to either. We declared the word over her and had a precious sister jumping up and down this morning saying, you don't know. And she said, how long it's been since I've been able to walk without a limp. And just praise God for that. Praise God for his word. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. So this is not a, a weightlifting thing. It's not about how much you can bench press or a, you know going to GNC and getting some supplements. This is about being strong in the Lord. That means your confidence is in Him and you're not going to move from what He said. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of of his might your God has commanded your strength it comes from his very throne it is a decree of the king of kings you are strong you are strong in the Lord and in his mighty power you are strong in the Lord and in his mighty power You can run over a wall. You can run through a troop. You are strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Though an army encamp around about you, you will prevail because you are strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. These are the days of strength, of people who are walking in the strength of the Lord. You are those people. We are strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Your God has commanded your strength. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Stop thinking people are the problem. They're not. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The apostle through the Holy Spirit is describing to us the spirit realm which is where the warfare takes place, and that war is won in your life by believing God. Just by taking God at his word and not moving from that. 
the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I speak of everyone who's born again through faith in Christ. That would be everyone around the world. We are the present day evidence of Satan's eternal defeat. Every time Satan looks at you, he's reminded of how defeated he is. We are a constant reminder to all of these principalities and all of these rulers of darkness. We are a constant reminder to them that they are defeated. We are trophies of Christ's victory. In fact, you may not realize it, but from you emits an aroma. There's a fragrance that's being spread from you. What is that fragrance? It's the aroma of Jesus Christ. It's the aroma that Jesus descended into hell and whipped every devil and rose victorious. And it's a fragrance of the victory of Jesus Christ. And it's, it's being emitted from you everywhere you go. I like those plug-in things. What do you call those? You put the oil in there and you plug them in and changes the whole room. Plug-ins. That, there you go. That works. What do you call those plug-ins? Plug-ins. <laughs> Isn't there like a prettier name or something? Oh. Febreze. Oops, I don't know. Airwick. There we go. That's a little better. But why, why, do they, why do they put forth this aroma? And I'll tell you, you can, you can be in a room that you didn't want to be in before you plug that thing in. Has that ever happened to you? And you go running to the cupboard, give me that plug-in, baby. And you fill it with oil, and you plug it in, and whoa. Now you want to be in a room you didn't want to be in just moments ago. What is it that changed the atmosphere of the room? It was the oil inside. You're filled with the oil of the presence of God. Hallelujah. You're filled with the oil of God, the very Spirit of God. So you can walk into a situation that you didn't want to be in, that people didn't want to be in, and when you come into that situation, the oil of God comes into that situation, and this aroma starts emanating from you and changes the situation just because you're carrying His presence. So we walk with this consciousness that we are carrying the oil of God inside of us. We're carrying the Holy Spirit in us, and He's not passive or stagnant. He's moving. He's flowing. He's emitting from us. He's transmitting. He's broadcasting. He's changing the atmosphere through us. So when we come into any room, we are mindful of this. We are God-inside-minded. We're God inside minded. We're not distracted by the noise of this world. We're conscious that we're filled with the very Spirit of God. We're filled with the very Spirit of God. The church is the present day evidence, the continual reminder of Satan's eternal defeat. Christ did what he did. For you, it would be a tragedy in your life if you didn't know what he did for you. You went through your life ignorant of what he did for you. You didn't spend time studying what he did for you. You didn't spend time meditating in it and appropriating what he did for you because he did it for you. He not only did it for you, but he did it for all of the people around you. That's right. He did it for the, all the people that you know and all the people that you don't know. Right. You are the living evidence of God's goodness for all of the people in your life. You are the living evidence of the goodness of God for all humanity to see. That's why Satan tries to stress you out. That's why Satan will shoot darts of negativity towards you and depressing thoughts. 
and tell you and say negative things about you and try and get you to believe his lies because you're a trophy. You're a, you're a, a, a sign to the world around you of the goodness of God. Emanating from you is the presence of God. So Satan's goal is trying to discourage you, to get you stressed, to get you worried, to get you afraid. Why? Because now, now that it's clogging the flow. Now you're stressed, you're listening to lies instead of listening to what your father says about you. And, and he, he can't flow through you like he wants to. His yoke brings wholeness. It brings well-being. It brings peace. His yoke destroys depression. You see, if you'll cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, He's fullness of joy. He's fullness of joy. You can't have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and not be joyful. There are many people who... uh, may not look joyful and don't seem to be joyful because they're not joyful. <laughs> but it's, it's because the relationship that they have is legalistic. Okay. That's right. They may talk about the Holy Spirit. They may talk about the Bible. But really, they're in bondage to a legalistic idea of God. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the actual person of the Holy Spirit. He's fullness of joy. He'll never condemn you. He'll never shame you. He's always for you. He's always ready to move on your behalf. He all, he, nothing can separate you from him. Hallelujah. Fullness of joy. When you talk to him, you're talking to fullness of joy. When you take time to be mindful of him and cultivate this awareness of him, you're cultivating a fullness of joy. Yes. Hallelujah. And it's important to remember that in your relationship with God. Because if you start getting heavy, you're going the wrong way. If, you're, if your prayer time starts getting heavy and laborious, and, and, and you're going the wrong way. All right? Fellowship with Him will lift you up. It will bolster you. It will strengthen you. It will... Uh, <sighs> you. Just like a hot air balloon fills with hot air. And begins to rise. That's what happens when you spend time with him. He just fills you up and you begin to rise. So, you know, you could pray for hours and not do you any good. You can be worse off after praying for hours than you were before you prayed. If you have a legalistic mindset. If you don't know how good God is. If you think that your, your victory depends on how long you pray. I think it was Charles Capps that said... You know, people wouldn't have, the Lord spoke to him before he wrote his book, uh, The Tongue of Creative Force, and I recommend it for every believer, but I think it was he that said, um, God spoke to him and said, you know, people wouldn't have to pray such long prayers if they just believed me. Sometimes prayer is a disguise for unbelief. It makes us feel better that we're still unbelieving, but at least we prayed for a while. So we just continue in our unbelief. Just believe him. No labor required. Just faith. I found that in my own life, man, I'm getting into prayer and I'm shouting and I, I think, oh, wait a minute, I'm not believing God. I'm trying to make something happen here. If I, if I peel away at this religious facade, I'm not trusting him. If I can just be honest, Right? And all of a sudden, I start trusting him, and it's there. I know I have it. And I just, okay, I just start singing. His yoke is easy. His load is light. Hallelujah. We said last week that the victory that Christ has obtained for us becomes a reality to us when we boldly stand on the Word of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Hallelujah. And this is our sensei talking, the master. Verse 12, he says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, 
the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Now for those who say that God's will automatically happens in the earth, Jesus disagrees with you. <laughs> there is much opposition to the will of God in this earth, right? If God's controlling everything, he sure is confused, right? He's opposing himself, and that can't happen because that would be a divided kingdom. So we see in the ministry of Jesus, he debunks these religious teachings of God controlling everything. He says the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Why was it forcefully advancing? Because there's much resistance to it. Have you noticed Jesus had a lot of resistance in his ministry? Yes. Right? It wasn't like trumpets and, you know, everyone, oh, you're so wonderful. Yes, come in, please. Come into the temple and teach us. There were times when he was received, but usually it was by the crowds and not the religious experts. Hasn't changed too much today. From the, from the time of John the Baptist, so now the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Now look at this. And forceful men lay hold of it. Oh, what translation we got there? The NIV. Okay. Violent people have been radiant. I like that. Forceful men lay hold of it. This is the NIV 84. That's why. That's the later version of NIV. But I love the way Jesus talks. God's will will not automatically happen in your life. You have to determine to know what His will is by studying the Scriptures and by coming to a church like Highway that proclaims His will. That he came that you might have life and life abundantly. If you're not determined to know his will for your life, it won't happen. That's good. You may as well know this. It's not going to automatically happen. God is not controlling everything. We are in an enemy territory. There's much opposition to the will of God. And if you're living under the assumption that God's will is going to automatically happen in your life, you're simply wrong. Okay, you've come to a wrong conclusion. Jesus taught us that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Can we put the amplified up there? Man sees it by force. We're talking about a good fight of faith. Yeah. Not talking about coming against people. We're talking about standing against doubt, fear, Worry, anxiety, lack, sickness, depression, and standing against it and declaring what God has said. Men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. I want you highway family to realize that if Jesus is not the passion of your life, you're cheating yourself. If he's not the one you're running after and pursuing and singing about and, and, and writing about and drawing about and dancing about and working for, you're cheating yourself. Ardent zeal. I like that. We are red hot passionate people. And Jesus is the focus of that passion. We must have more Jesus. We must have more Jesus. We must, we must fulfill his plan for our lives. We must be about his business. This is who we are. We're not like those who don't know him. We must move forward in his plan for our lives. James 4, verse 7, the apostle James, by the Holy Spirit, says this. He says, so be subject to God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. And he will flee from you. Will he flee if you don't stand firm? No. He sure won't. He won't. This is the word of the Lord, right. right? Resist the devil, stand firm against him. 
actively fight against him. That can be read that way. Actively fight against the devil and he will flee from you. Get in a corner and, and tower in fear and he'll stay right there. Jesus is the lion from the tribe of Judah and you're born of him. That makes you a lion. Satan is like a lion. He's pretending to be a lion. Goes around roaring. But you know what you do when he roars at you? You roar right back at him. Let him hear what a real lion sounds like. You're born of the tribe of Judah. You're born of the Christ. You're the offspring of God. In him you live and move and have your being. Roar and declare what God has done for you. So when Satan comes against you in whatever area of life it may be, whether it be in your marriage, whether it be with your children, whether it be with your finances, whether it be with your business, whether it be against your health, you resist him. You actively fight against him, and you open your mouth and declare what God has said. And he will flee from you. He has no option. He can't take you on. You're a lion from the tribe of Judah, and he knows who you're born of. He just doesn't want you to know that. That's why he tries to get you to believe things that aren't true about yourself. The Weiss translation says it this way. Be subject with implicit obedience to God at once and once for all. See, we're so passionate about knowing him that when he speaks, we jump on it. Yes. Right? right? We're so passionately pursuing him, we realize our life is not about uh, having a white picket fence and, and all these. Our life is about knowing him. So we're not pursuing someone else's idea of what success is. We're pursuing intimacy with him. And because we're pursuing him with ardent zeal, with fiery passion, when he speaks, we're on it. Be subject with implicit obedience to God. Obedience is a wonderful word. There's nothing heavy about obeying God. God's word to you is not burdensome. If you think it is, then you've misunderstood. Yes. His word is, is empowering. His, his word will, to you, I don't have a word for that, but that's a hot air balloon, right? His word will lift you up and strengthen you. His word will empower you to do the very thing he's, he's asked you to do. Stand immovable against the onset of the devil. Stand immovable against the onset of the devil. Stand immovable <laughs> against the onset of the devil. <laughs> ah. Hallelujah! Stand immovable against the onset of the devil and he will flee from you. I'm looking at immovable ones. Stand immovable against the onset of the devil and he will flee from you. What are we immovable about? You get a cookie. That's exactly right. We're immovable on what God has said. It is non-negotiable. There's no bargaining, no bartering. No highest bid. No. God said it. That settles it. We are immovable on what he has declared in his word. Right? He said it, and that's what we live by. Right? Hallelujah. We're immovable on what God has said. Now, don't forget what your armor is in this battle. You haven't forgotten. Let's put Psalm 91.4 up there. Don't forget what your armor is. His faithful promises are your armor 
and protection. I love that. In other words, all the promises that God has made from Genesis to Revelation are your armor and protection. Now, I've heard over the years, uh, and there are many, script, many promises in the Old Testament that are for us today because we're in Christ. Do you know that we are of the faith of Abraham? Yes. And the blessing of Abraham is on us because of our faith in Christ? But many misunderstand and they'll hear people like me quoting pro promises from Jeremiah and Isaiah and they'll say, oh, that was for the Israelites. Well, there is a historic context of the Word of God, but there is a prophetic context. There is a Christ context. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, let's put that up there. God's faithful promises are your armor and protection. So if I'm an Exodus reading a promise of God, I grab it. I grab it. It's for me. I'm, if I'm in Deuteronomy 15 and, and God says all debts are canceled, God says so. That's for me. I grab it. Yeah. If I'm in, in, in Job 33 and he says uh, your flesh will be fresher than a child. That's for me. He will return you to the days of your youth. That's for me. If I'm in Psalms, it says he satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. That's for me. Um, you're taking it out of context. Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 1, verse 18. How sure, of you, how sure are you of this as surely as God is faithful? That's why we stand immovable. We are as immovable as God is faithful. <laughs> as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not, um, you're taking that out of context. That's not our message here at Highway. Our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, this is Apostle Paul writing, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. Every promise God released from his mouth was for mankind. Yes, he was ministering to Israel, but his heart was for the world. Look at the next verse. For no matter how many promises, for no matter how many promises God has made. We got it up there? For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Are you in Christ? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And so through him, the amen is spoken. That means so be it. We sang it. We prophesied over America. We said, so be it. The amen is spoken by us. Man, this is powerful. And so it's spoken by us to the glory of God. So every promise God has made. Let's see. Let's keep reading. Verse 21. Now it is God who makes both us and you Stand firm in Christ. So don't think you being immovable depends on you. He is your immovableness. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us to be immovable. Woo! You've got an immovable anointing on you. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. What's he talking about? The new heaven, the new earth, glory, the fullness of his plan. So back to verse 20 again. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Listen, as you say yes to God, as you say amen, in other words, every promise belongs to you. By his stripes, I have been healed. That's for you. Yeah, 
when you say yes, when you say amen to that, God's glory is broadcast through you in the realm of the Spirit. When we say yes to what God has said and no to Satan, Christ's glory is broadcast through us. It radiates from us by simply believing what God has said. It activates what he said in our lives. Because this, this book, to some, might just be paper and ink, but the reality is it is alive as, a, as living can be. And it's quick and it's powerful. But it will only become quick and powerful in your life when you are convinced it's true. When you know it's for you now. That every promise God has made is, is yours today. It belongs to you now. So when I learned this decades ago, I began, I became a promise hunter. And every time, still today, I read through the Bible. Just yesterday I saw something and, and I, oh, I got my pen. Uh, I underlined that and said, that's mine. That's for me. Well, you're not an Israelite. Well, I am. I am now. Abraham became my father when I accepted Christ. Hallelujah. I'm, the seed, I'm, a, I'm a seed of Abraham. Right? I'm a co-heir with Christ. If the promises of God don't belong to me, who do they belong to? <laughs> right? If the blood of Christ hasn't given you membership into the family of God, we are a sad people. We're a sad people. We might as well hang it up. Right? Hallelujah. Promises, God's promises, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. God, when he speaks a promise, he is revealing to you what he wants to do in your life. The chastisement for our punishment was upon him. I think it's the Amplified says the, the, the punishment necessary to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. That's for you today. Everything that needed to happen for you to be well, Jesus accomplished. All you have to do is know that. You may not know that yet, but you do now because I just told you, right? And then you go to Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. You study it out. You meditate on it until it becomes as real to you as your name. That's what Bible faith is. You're as sure, you're totally sure. You're totally certain. You're immovable. Right? That's, what, that's who we are. we are. We live by being sure. We live by being certain of what God has said. We're immovable on what he said. You see, in the book of Acts, when the New Testament church was born, a new breed of human beings came into the world. There's only 120 of them to start this whole thing in the upper room, and a breed of human beings that had never been before began to live and move in the earth. They were dead, but they were made alive by the Spirit of God. They were alienated from God, and they immediately became his sons and daughters. They were filled with the same Spirit that Christ was filled with. They were filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 describes the race that you are, the breed of people that we are. 1 Peter 2, 9 says you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's read those same verses in the Passion Translation. But you are God's Chosen treasure. Silla. 
Take a moment and absorb that. You are God's chosen treasure. That's your identity now. I'm God's treasure. He chose me before the foundation of the world. Priests who are kings. A spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. (laughs) And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people. I remember those days. Thank you for saving me. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. Now you are. Now you are. Those days are gone. Over forever. You can't go back there. You're a new creation. That, that person back there was crucified. You can't even dig them up. <laughs> You're dead to sin. You're alive to God in Christ. It's eternal. It's a finished work. For at, for at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet. But now you are drenched with it. (laughs) You're dripping wet with it. You're soaking wet with the mercy of God. Woo! Hallelujah. (laughs) So you see how important it is to know what he said, to know what his promises are. So anytime you're reading through your hard copy Bible, which you do regularly, right? As soon as you come across a promise of God, put it in your heart. Underline it, circle it, put power symbols around, do something, highlight it, and then write it down in a place that you can take it with you. You can do index cards, you can do a notebook, you can do a notes app on your phone, you can do all kinds of ways you can do it. But get what he's promised in your heart because his promises have now become our daily provision. See, they were promises when he spoke them, but Christ transformed them from promises to provision. When Christ rose from the dead, all of the promises of God became our right now provision. It's really good. It's really good. And when we get the promises of God in our hearts and minds and we begin standing immovable on them, unafraid of what man can do, and we begin declaring them with our mouth and believing them in our heart, the glory of God is broadcast through us. That's why pretty much all of the debate in the body of Christ, this whole denomination baloney, is all around the promises of God. Yeah. Every, every doctrine, every doctrinal debate is around the promises of God. Right. Well, the Holy Spirit's not for today. That's, Jesus called that the promise. Jesus said it's the, not a, the promise. Right. Is how he referred to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The promise. And that's one of the biggest uh, issues that's divided people in the body of Christ. Why is it all around the promises? Because if you don't know the promises, you can't stand immovable against the devil. You're a sitting duck. Figure of speech. In other words, his promises are your armor and protection. So what does the enemy want to keep you from believing and knowing? His promises. 
right? So it's about the Holy Spirit. People say the Holy Spirit's not for today. Speaking in tongues is not for today. Gifts of the Spirit not for today. Healing is not for today. These are all promises. It has nothing to do with doctrinal debates. That's a fancy term for unbelief and spiritual warfare. <laughs> if God has said it, it's so. When he said himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, it, 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 that's the truth. That's for everybody, anytime, anywhere who will just believe what God has said. Listen to me, God's promises are channels of his glory. We had a car we took into the garage, and it, it, it's a, a, one of those cars that has two batteries. It has a battery up front, it's your normal car battery, and it's got a big battery in the back. Well, that big battery in the back died, but inside of that battery there are cells, 16 cells. Every, every promise of God is like a cell, like a, a power cell in you of his glory. And every time you put a promise of God inside of you, you get brighter. Every time you grab a hold of a promise of God, you get brighter and stronger. Hallelujah. His promises are power cells. Channels that, that enable his glory to be broadcast from you. Can we read some promises? I'm just going to read a few. Better put your seatbelt on. You know, we could, we could be here all day, all night, and all day, all night, every day this week and still not read all the promises of God. Because they are, they are vast and all-encompassing for every area of your life. Every tissue of your body. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whose light and salvation is he? Yours. Take it. It's yours. So why should I be afraid? Excellent question. Excellent question. The only reason you can be afraid is if you're not realizing that he's your light and your salvation, right? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. <laughs> so why should I tremble? Excellent question. Excellent question. The New Living Translation says in verse 5, for he will conceal me. He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Uh, it's Colossians, what, Colossians 1 that says our, our, our lives are hidden, hid with Christ in God. The devil can't get to you. You're in Christ. You're hid with Christ. You're out of reach. You're on the high rock of Jesus Christ. You're seated at the right hand of God and the devil can't get there. Verse 13 says, I am confident. I am confident. I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. I am confident. I will see the Lord's goodness in front of me while I'm here in this land of the living. Amen. Psalm 28 verse 7 says the Lord. These are all promises by the way. That are for who? You. They belong to you because of Christ. They belong to you. Every one of them is amen. You just need to say yes and amen to it to experience it. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is. Who's my strength? The Lord is my strength. Who's my shield? The Lord is my shield. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore... My heart exalts, leaps for joy, and with my song I shall thank him. 
<laughs> the Lord is their strength, the strength of his people, and he is the saving defense of his anointed. <laughs> he is your saving defense. He is the strength of his people. Hallelujah. Psalm 31, verses 19 and 20. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. That means other people are watching, maybe making fun of you, but you don't care. You're trusting in the Lord. And they know it, and you don't care. They may even tell you to find another job, but you don't care. For those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. Verse 20. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. Are you grabbing hold of these? You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You mean people have plots against you? Yes. Why? Because they're listening to the principalities of darkness. Right? I, I've watched it in my, not my family, but the family I come from growing up. I watched plot after plot after plot. They would just tear each other apart. You know, a family member would come to visit. They'd all sit around, talk, and laugh. Family member would leave, and they'd just tear that family member apart. I've seen that in families, right? Someone comes over, and they're smiling and laughing. That person leaves, and they just start gossiping and, and tearing that person. See, see, people listen to demons. Gossip is the demon's conversation. That's the language demons speak is gossip. Don't speak their language. That's right. Don't ever entertain gossip. Just walk away. If I'm, if I'm in a place and, and someone starts speaking gossip, I'll, I'll either uh, talk about the patriots or, or uh, the weather or maybe a scripture or maybe I'll just walk away depending on what the moment calls for. But I'm not going to be involved with it. I'm not going to jump in with your gossip. Right? So understand that, that what people who gossip, they don't realize that they're listening to devils. And, and those schemes, if you, don't, if you don't stay with the Lord, will end up coming against you. Because don't think for a moment that when you walk away, they aren't doing the same about you. <laughs> That's what's so funny. After I started reading the Bible, I thought, oh, wait a minute. This is just how mankind works when they listen to the enemy. This is the fallen nature of man. Right? So they smile when they're with you, then you walk away and they start gossiping about you. Yeah. Well, that's okay. We're not moved by that, but we certainly don't participate in it. Right? Hallelujah. From the, from the plots of man. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues there. No. Talking about people, right? Gossip. You know, have you, have you ever uh, called someone, had a, had a conversation with someone, and, and they said, so-and-so told me you're doing this. And, you know, but you're not doing that. But so-and-so told that person you're doing that, and they're telling you you're doing that, but you're not doing that. And you're like, well, I wish you would have asked me first, because I don't know anything about that, right? <laughs> but so-and-so said, well, I, I'm not so-and-so. You know, I tell people, if you want to know what I'm doing, come talk to me. Right? Might as well come to headquarters here and, and get it from me because I don't know what so-and-so says or what people think. People come up with stuff. Because they're not engaging their mind with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And an idle mind is definitely the devil's playground. Oh, boy, is it ever. You can't afford to think of nothing. You can't afford to have a vacant mind. And just float through life. You've got to fill it. That's precious real estate that determines where you're going and the quality of your life and how much of the God's destiny you'll fulfill. So you've got to populate that real estate with the promises of God. I don't have time for gossip. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in those talk shows because it's a, it's, a, it's a bunch of nothing to stir up gossip. They're gossip centers. 
And they get paid a lot of money for, for broadcasting a lot of gossip. But I'm not interested. I'm not putting them down. I'm just telling you the content of those shows is gossip. Why would I watch stuff like that? Why would I watch these talk shows? Really? Hello? And everyone's like, uh-oh. <laughs> now i got to quit watching my favorite talk show. Why would you want that information in your mind? I grew up as a kid. My, my uh, mom and sisters watched those daytime talk shows. And now I look back and think, oh, my goodness. And there I was as a kid sitting there listening to that garbage. You know? It's all about talking about others, you know, and negatively, right? Every once in a while, they'll have a feel-good story on there, like, you know, a fireman rescues cat out of a tree or something. But then they go back, right? They put a nice little candy shell coating on it, but underneath, it's poison. Hello. Aren't you glad you came? Aren't you glad? Daytime talk shows, are you kidding? What's the content? Is it edifying? Is it godly? Is it according to what God has said? That I'm not watching it if it's not, right? I've got better things to do, right? Hallelujah. So, so God will protect you from that stuff, but you've got to help him, right? You've got to stop putting it into your sight and ears. Let, help God. Will you let, give God a hand here? Huh? Psalm 32, the Lord says, I will guide you along. The best pathway for your life. Whoo! That's worth it right there. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Psalm 32, 8. The Passion Translation, verses 8 and 9 of Psalm 32 says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you instructing and guiding you, hallelujah, along the pathway for your life. I'm staying close to you. I'm going to instruct you and guide you along the pathway of your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my, with my eyes as your guide. You see, when you grab this and believe it's yours, know that it's yours, the glory of God begins to radiate from you. Strength comes. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. Man, oh man. <laughs> so don't make it difficult. Oh, he's so kind. Don't make it difficult. Turn off the daytime talk shows. Don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Just come with me. Just receive my word. Just believe what I've spoken through my son. Just, just come with me. Just believe me. Just say no to the devil and yes to me. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says, Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Wow. Unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Verse 11, So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy. Hallelujah. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. When what God has said becomes real to you, you're going to shout. You're going to. You're going to dance. You're going to jump up and down. You're going to shout. You're going to dance. You're going to leap. You're going to run. You're, you're going to live differently. Let's finish with Psalm 34. Are you ready? I had to memorize this whole psalm. It was just so good. Years ago, I said, I just, I'm just going to get that whole thing. Had to do that with 23, 31, 121, 145, 150. I just had to, they're just too good. I'm going to get them in there. Psalm 34, 1. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. So you can't gossip. You're too busy praising Him. Right? Your lips are already, already being used for praise. 
My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. There's that glory. There's that glory. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Shameless faces, radiant faces. Why? Because we're looking to Him. He approves of us. We have His affirmation. We are His beloved children. He's lavished His love upon us. Hallelujah. Those who look to Him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called the Lord, heard Him. He saved Him out of all His troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and He delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come. Just come with me. Come, my children. Listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. We just went through a bunch of promises, didn't we? I hope you're grabbing them, taking snapshots, writing down the chapter, book chapter verse references so you can eat them all day long because they're for you. But they won't do you any good until you know they're for you. Until they're inside of you, rolling around and on fire. Until you, you know that this is who you are and this is what God has provided for you. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we are your present day evidence of Satan's eternal defeat. We thank you, Lord, that you have raised up this new breed of people. This people that have been chosen by you to display your glory. That we are priestly kings. We thank you, Lord God, that we are your nation. We are those who have been called out of darkness into your marvelous light. We have been saved from the power of Satan and been filled with your power. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given us authority and power to over all the power of the enemy. We thank you, Lord God, that we are uh, your sons and daughters, and we, we rejoice in who you are in us. And Father, we look forward to today. We look forward to Monday and Tuesday because we're following you. And regardless of the confusion and noise of this world, we will not let it move us. We are your immovable ones because you are our immovableness. (laughs) You are the one who is leading and guiding us. Your eyes are seeing for us. You're guiding us with your very own eyes. Father, I am so thankful and excited for who you are in this highway family, for showing yourself, for ministering to us every week. God, you've been so faithful 
to transform us, to touch us, to bring us the word that we need when we need it. Lord, and I, I just got to say thank you and I praise you and bless you for, Lord, enabling this ministry to be here today, enabling this church to stand today. And it's just the beginning, Father. And I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for your amazing love. And I pray for every member of this highway family, Father, that their, their, the real estate of their mind would be filled with your promises. That their lips and tongue would, would be occupied with your praise. That they would experience the abundant life you came to give them. In Jesus' name. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.